episode 11 of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host with mildly less, Travis Masterson. What's going on, man? Football, baby. 11 episodes in. We're just moving right along. We're approaching the start of the year. We've got single digits until kickoff. We've got drafts live this week. Uh, the excitement level is getting uncontainable for me right now. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't even contain it. Like, you can't. There's no Ziploc bag. There's no Tupperware you can keep it in. That thing's breaking out. We have breaking news right now on Sleeper. As I speak these words, what? The Miami Dolphins are now the front runner to land Deshaun Watson. When do you do that? And why do you do that 12 days, 10 days before the season? You're nine days out from kickoff and you're releasing that you want to trade your franchise quarterback for another one. How do the Dolphins players, how do you, how do you cope with that? How does that affect your outlook? single digits until kickoff. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you take that. That's Oh my goodness, as as an organization, look, Tua has looked good in the preseason. But you're sitting here talking about Does that not just kill Tua like inside his motivation like really you don't want me? I don't think so. You know, he's a prof- he's a professional. Look, until someone until his agent tells him, "Look, there's a good chance you're getting traded." I don't think he's going to take much much credence to it. You hear these rumors all the time. I'm still of the mindset that look, Deshaun Watson isn't going to play um you know i don't know that anyone's going to mortgage their future for a year of deshaun watson and not knowing if he's going to be around next year or what what the criminal proceedings are going to look like we've spent a lot of time talking about deshaun watson i look until something happens i'm not reading into it it's not going to change my draft strategy if you're will fuller and you get traded to the texans in that trade Oh yeah! It's like, are you fuller, freaking kidding me? Bright. It's like someone. Ple- oh yes, get sent back to the Texans. Oh, that'd be awful. I just got to Miami and got a house. I'm loving life, and you send me right back to Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nothing. It's like it's like having to move back in with an ex. It's like, hey, it is. <laughs> it's all cool. Hi guys. Like, hey, yeah, guys. here, let's do it again. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, awesome. No, I'll. Like you have to go back. Like you have to start dry. Like doing your own laundry you gotta go back you have to start living the way that they want you to live like oh that's gotta be awful i they cannot include him they cannot include him in unless that deal. deshaun's like if there's a deal i will there. i will waive my no trade clause as long as will fuller goes back to houston and they're like okay done but hey if deshaun Watson were to go to miami and will fuller stays in miami he becomes a top 12 guy he just was gosh we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there but we got episode 11 on tap today we've got uh, it's, it's our quick hitter episode. We've got some guys we're going to run through, um, really fast, give our, uh, impressions of how we feel about their ADP. Um, but before we get to that, you've got a question that you want to ask me. Um, and I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about it. So why don't you go ahead and let the people in on what you're kind of going to be throwing up there and I'll, I'll let my brain do what it does when you throw words at it. I will say my friends and family have all heard this question from me recently. It's one that it's a great conversation starter. Many questions are like this. I haven't heard this specific one before. I got a little creative with it. We'll see where it goes. Okay. Also, about 90 plus percent of people have chosen one side 
So I'm curious to see where you go with this. Okay. Here are your two options. This is a would you rather question. Ooh. Would you rather drink Big Red Soda as the only beverage that you are allowed to drink, including water, no matter what, for 30 days? You cannot drink any other liquid or everything that you eat or drink at home, at a restaurant, regardless of where you are, must be heated up or you have to ask for it to be heated up. It could be wine. It could be ice cream. It could be piping hot already when you get it. You still have to ask for it to be heated up. Oh, man. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's a pretty fairly easy one. I'm going to go with heat everything up. Um. Everybody has said because that. One, Why do you I've, say that? I've pretty much stopped drinking soda. My kidneys have thanked me. Um, Everybody's like, "Cause I don't want to die." Yeah, like I'm not a I'm not a young man anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> You'd feel that big red after a couple days. Yeah, it's like, oh gosh, like how many more days is it? Twenty seven more days. Okay. Uh, and then, like, look, a week in, I'd be asking my friends, like. Please get your blood tested. I want to see if anyone's a, a kidney donor transplant. You know, like, what can we do to work this out? Um, so, yeah, there's something to be said. Everybody has said that. They said that they're, they're going to choose their health. Yeah. And heating something up does not sure, affect I your can... health. However, it just, especially summer in Texas, oh, yeah, that's... the thought of not being able to put anything cold in your mouth for a month is brutal. Oh, yeah. Or at least, like, all right, so my thought process is, or my thought process was, yeah, I'd ask for it to be heated up, but then I just let it cool down. You can't. I can't. It has to be warm when you to eat be it. Hot? Oh goodness! All right, well then, yeah, I'm not. You can't boil water, let the water come back to room temperature, and then drink it. It has to be warm or hot. Oh goodness! All right, yeah, I guess. All right, warmer hot foods for a month. I guess I could handle. I just burn. Both miserable options. Yeah, it's, look, <laughs> you went with the majority. Awesome. I'm glad that. Uh, I actually think I would be okay drinking big red soda for a month. Okay. Uh, I mean that's fair. I and and the next level of that, I think if if I can eat ice cold watermelon and cucumbers and all these things that have celery, high water content, I can stay hydrated enough to where I don't need a whole lot of big red. Okay, how about this though? Maybe a sip. No, no, no. You can eat the celery, but instead of water, it's it's big red. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's celery. At that point, at that point, I don't know what I'm doing because you're you're blending the two options. Right. It's cel- It's in this in this weird universe where this conversation has to happen, uh, and this is reality. The celery is no longer based on water. It is a plant made of big red soda, and this, this is the is, world this we is live out in. Out of hand. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's not. It is not. Thank God. Yeah, no, no. And that <laughs> let's do some quick hitters <laughs> for sure. All right. So for the sake of this conversation, this is going to be a pretty quick one. You've given me running backs and tight ends. First of all, um, I, there are some words I want to share with you that I can't share on air for you giving me the tight end position. Um, but you get quarterbacks and running. <laughs> I didn't backs. want anything to do with it. The way this is going to work is that you're gonna you're gonna say some names. I'm going to tell you my feeling of where I feel like they're going to either perform um, above or at their ADP or below it, possibly give a reason why, and then we'll move on to the next guy. We want this to be dense volume. We're getting to that draft season. You've got some other stuff to, to listen to. We want to give you as much information as possible in as little time as possible. So go ahead, hit me with those quarterbacks. I'll go running backs, and then I'll go tight ends because we're not ending another episode with tight ends. How about that? <laughs> all right 
Um, Lamar Jackson, QB4. Yes or no? Lamar Jackson, QB4. I'm cool with it. Um, the rushing upside's still always there. Um, that offense. Okay, so he's fun. a yes for you. He's a yes for me at quarterback four. Aaron Rodgers, QB7. Aaron Rodgers at QB7? No. Um, I'm not going to take him at QB7. Um, the regression's going to hit. Um, I expect him to be fine as a quarterback, but in the range that he's going to be, I'll get quarterbacks later. From 48 passing touchdowns, he drops down to what for you? Uh, he's going to be in that 35 range. Um, 35 plus. Okay, Vegas, Vegas predicts him at 42 passing touchdowns. I disagree. Okay, so... Lamar Jackson, you're good with him. Aaron Rodgers is a no for you. Matt Stafford, QB eleven. Is he a QB one? Um, yeah, he'll be a QB one. Um, he's kind of a wild card for me. Um, he's not like a light wild card, like a diet wild card. Um, he's a, he's not giving you any rushing. You no, know, there's no rushing. Maybe a little bit. I look, call it intrigue, but I want to see what this kind of caliber of quarterback looks like in the Sean McVay offense. I think we all do. So I think he's going to be a viable quarterback one. And I think we're going to see that this year. So your feelings are positive towards Stafford. Yes. Yes, they are. Baker Mayfield. We talked about on our last episode going right now at QB 16. Does he finish above or below QB 16? Baker Mayfield, a quarterback 16. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, he's look, uh, as far as the other quarterbacks go, I mean, you're probably talking about, I mean, if I can get like a, goodness, like is a Jalen Hurts going around that that time, um, not not in drafts, but like finishing. I mean, Baker Mayfield, he's a streamer, you know, uh, he's a game manager plus. Okay, he's a bye week fill in. Yeah, he's a bye week fill in. Um, he'll be middle of the road on that offense with those weapons. It's gonna be a plus offense. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with calling him the wide receiver. You know, dead middle. Um, he gets me. He gets QB. me about as excited as a Teddy Bridgewater. Big Ben QB twenty. I would personally prefer Big Ben to to Baker. Um, it feels yeah, it feels a little low for me. Um, yeah, we saw him, you know, a year removed from that that big uh, elbow injury. He's not getting younger. Big Ben does not take care of his body the same way that a Tom Brady does. So, I'll on the merits of his offensive weapons alone, and what we've seen him do with those weapons, yep. I'm gonna say yeah, um, he'll outperform QB twenty on weeks. Um, I know there are some interesting splits that you could look into uh, in road games that kind of... It's just hard when you think about Claypool, Deontay, Juju, Najee, with the weapons they have. For him, to for 19 quarterbacks to finish better is hard to believe. And that defense is still going to be good, so he's going to get the ball back. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to be a high-volume offense. So, yeah, um, I I would say he'll outperform QB 20. All right, this one's super relevant right now. Okay. Tua, QB 21, one spot behind Big Ben. Look, I'm a big fan of Tua. Uh, I wasn't coming into the offseason after kind of looking at some numbers on him and the weapons that he has. QB 20 probably feels, if we're talking about most likely outcomes, yeah, he's probably going to be right around quarterback 15 to quarterback 20 for me. Um, But 21 feels on the lower side of his floor i still think that offense is going to perform especially with those weapons um yeah i would say he's going to perform uh he's going to outperform qb21 um and he'll show that he he has made some progress this offseason i think yeah i think there's progress made he's going to be better they have better weapons the only thing that concerns me a little bit with miami was they were in the bottom half of the league in pass volume last year 
when you combine Fitzpatrick and Tua. And Tua, in 10-plus games, gave you 20 points twice as a quarterback, which if you're not getting 20 from your quarterback on a weekly basis, he's hurting you. Yeah, that's fair. All right, next, Derek Carr, QB 23. This one is really interesting. Derek Carr, QB 23. Um, look, Derek Carr is so underrated, but that offense, it doesn't feel good to me. They gave away a whole bunch of their offense. It's a run-first offense. Their offensive line does not feel great, and especially in that division, look, the defense is going to stop anyone. I think he is going to throw a lot, but will he throw efficiently? Um, will that offense be un? You know, you're going to be able to predict that they're going to throw the ball, which will make him less efficient, in my opinion. Um, I don't have his numbers. Obviously, that's kind of the whole um, operation of this this segment. I feel I feel like he is probably going to finish right around there. He'll be a quarterback too. He'll have weeks where he can get into the quarterback, you know, high end quarterback to quarterback one range, um, as all QBs do. But no, I think that's, again, that's probably his floor. He's being drafted at his floor. Let me give you where he finished the last four years. Okay. Tell me just because when I saw this, I was like, holy crap, no way. Yeah. 2017 QB 19. The next year QB 18 and 2019, he was QB 17 last year QB 13. So he has gone up every single year. Last year as high as QB 13. Wow. So he's being drafted as QB 23. What changed in Oakland that drops Derek Carr 10 spots? I don't know. But he's not somebody I'm excited to have. I would love him as my QB 2. I'm going to try to target him as a QB 2 anywhere I can. That's fair. I'm all for it, man. All right, last one. Okay. The recently named Jameis Winston will be the starter for the Saints. QB 26. Obviously, that might change a little bit, but currently going at QB 26. He was 2019's QB 3. Do you see Jameis Winston finishing inside the top 25 at quarterback? I do. Uh, Look, a lot of that ADP is going to be, since he was so underdrafted because we weren't sure if it was him or Taysom Hill, even being devoid of, of passing weapons, you've got Alvin Kamara, you've got you know Marcus Callaway, Trey Smith isn't nothing. Michael Thomas could come back in the middle late, later in the season. Jameis Winston throws. I, I, I truly believe, even being part of a, a Sean Payton offense, he's going to be at least a quarterback too, and that's that's probably selling him short. Yeah, I, he's definitely being drafted as absolute floor. So yeah, uh, I, 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 he'll finish it. He'll finish inside the top 20. Yeah, for sure. All right. That's going to do it for quarterbacks. Moving on. You're up. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about the first guy. Um, Sony Michelle being what, drafted. What position are we doing? We're here? doing running back. Okay. We're running, running back. back and Sony Michelle being drafted at running back 50 right now. He will finish above that. Okay. You, um, the dynamic between him and, and Henderson, you think he's going to take over that backfield? Um, I think he gets enough work and enough goal line work to finish inside of the top 40 to 45. I'm not really excited about Sonny. Some people I've seen putting him inside of the RB2 category. I'm not seeing that. I don't think the Rams dislike Henderson. I think it's more of an insurance deal because if they lose Henderson, they got nothing. So sure, I do think Sonny will get enough work. They'll rest Henderson enough if he gets banged up, which he always is. 
to where Sonny will have enough weeks to push him inside of that top 40 to 45. I'm not excited about him. I'm not trading for him, but I think he finishes above his 50 50 plus average. Okay, that's fair. Um, then let's talk about your guy Ronald Jones being drafted at the running back 30. I, I think I already know how you feel about him. Way too low. That's way too low. He's last year's RB 15, and nothing changed for Tampa. They bring in Geo. I don't think I don't think that affects Ronald. I think that affects Leonard Fournette, and I think Ronald Jones, even if he has a worse year than last year. He's not going to finish outside of the top 24 running backs. I'm not seeing it. Way too low. Okay. Fair enough, man. James Robinson, running back 22 right now. Well above. This ADP is kind of like Jameis. It was before the recent injuries. Yeah, Robinson will be a top 15 guy. Okay. I'm all for it. Joe Mixon, running back 13. Oh, my goodness. That's right on the line. I'm going to say. I know. A little bit outside. I don't think he finishes in the top 12. I would say... You don't think he finishes in the top 12? No, I'm going to say 15 to fifteen to 17 range for Mixon. That's interesting. So you think maybe watch out for Mixon? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be forced to take him in a couple leagues in the second round. It just doesn't feel good. Whereas a Clyde or an Eckler, even Montgomery I would take. I would take David Montgomery over Mixon. I would say, look, uh, the volume argument for both is interesting. Joe Mixon being on what some would perceive to be a prolific offense, I think because there's going to be a lot of, a lot of passing scenarios, negative game scripts, you know, receiving work being more valuable. I could be well wrong on Mixon. It's just he's he's burned me more than other guys. So hey, I get it. You got you got to look at those scars every Hold day. Hold a grudge, a fantasy you know. grudge. Um, the next running back, I I really am interested in hearing your your thoughts because I don't think you're high on this guy. Trey Sermon at running back 32, so going after Ronald Jones. I am a Raheem Mostert guy, so I can't be a Mostert and a Sermon guy. I think when Jeff Wilson comes back off the pup, it's going to affect Sermon. It might affect Mostert a little bit, but I'm much more excited about Mostert. I've got him inside the top 25. He's a take-it-to-the-house kind of guy. I'm not in on Sermon. I don't have any shares of him. Okay. Hey, I I like Sermon. Um. You, you're, there's no concern with you about the, the back injury situation of, of Mostert? You know, any, any health concerns that, that Sermon can see a plus role in that offense? No. I, we haven't seen Sermon do anything crazy. I don't even think in college he did stuff that was, like, out, you know, otherworldly. I think he just did what he was asked. I think Mostert has a, has a gear that a lot of running backs don't have. A lot of players in the league don't have. And that's... That's going to be on the field because he can take it to the house at any time. Sermon might steal some goal line work. We saw Mostert come out a lot in the goal line area, which really sucked for the Mostert owners. But with Sermon, I'm kind of a wait and see. I'm not drafting him at his current ADP, no. Okay. Fair enough. I guess we'll keep receipts on that one and see what comes of it. Zach Moss at running back 36. I think that's a fair ADP. Further down. Yeah, I used to be out on Moss. I think at 36, there's no reason not to take him there. You're still going to have so many receivers in that group um, around that ADP that you can wait a little bit. I think stacking a fourth or fifth running back like Moss at that point in the draft, he's well, he's worth it. Okay, well then, I wasn't going to ask about this guy, but since he's one spot below at running back 37, James Conner. I prefer Conner to Zach Moss. 
I think Connor's Connor's inside okay. of my is top it thirty. Of the receiving work. Or? Uh, no, I think Edmonds is going to get pretty much all of that receiving work. But I think that with an improved offensive line in Arizona, I think Connor is looking at ten touchdowns, and I don't see Moss getting ten because of what Josh Allen and Singletary. I feel like they're just going to be rotating so much of who gets that goal line work. I think Arizona wants to feed Connor. They want to feed a running back, kind of like they did with Drake. Give him those goal line chances. If it doesn't work, Kyler kind of takes it, things into his own hands. But I think they want Connor to have that role. That's fair enough, man. Uh, I can't argue much with that. Uh, Mike Davis at running back twenty. Do you like Connor? Do you like Connor or Moss? I like Connor. I like Connor. I, I don't. I don't dislike okay. Moss. Um, I would take either one, but I like the upside more with Connor. Um, yeah, the goal line touches. Um, Me too. Argument can yep. be made for either. Um, Mike Davis, running back 25, so just out that, outside the 24. I have not drafted Mike Davis anywhere. I'm okay with his ADP there. I think it's right around where he should be going. I, I don't think that his ceiling is above that, and I think that his floor is pretty safe. So, yeah, I think 24, 25 is fine. Okay. I, I like Mike Davis. I think, I think Mike Davis is being criminally underrated, um, but remains to be seen. Last one for the running backs, Miles Sanders, running back 20. I want to hear it. The people need to hear it, Travis. Where are you at with this guy? Where is he going? To, what did you say, 20? He's running back 20 right now, going at about pick 38. I want to think that he finishes a little bit higher than that. I think that he is a great talent. Every time he gets the ball, it looks good. It's just... Why do they keep all these other running backs involved? We just saw a highlight last night of Boston Scott. Actually, a few nights ago, of Boston Scott taking it to the house on a screen pass. It's like, Sanders, that's, you want that to be Sanders, but it's just not going to be every time. So because of the letdown games you're going to get, 20's probably fine. He's got a chance to finish at the 14-15 range. I'm fine with Sanders there if I need him. Uh, but I, again, I haven't ended up with him there. Okay. I am probably out on Sanders. I mean, there's other guys I can take there, you know, especially going in the fourth round. Um, yeah, I'm not convinced with that offense. Let's move on to, to the grossest position I've ever seen, um, in the tight end position. Um, let's talk about Jared cook at tight end 21 being tied to Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm not going to take a flyer on Jared Cook. I think Mike Williams is going to be the big red zone target. And Donald Parham is actually being a little bit underrated. I think he is a good player. And Jared Cook is on the last bit of his career. Sure. Parham being uh, drafted is really undrafted at tight end 40. So I'd rather have Cole Komet in that 20 range than Jared Cook all day long. Okay. Cole Komet being, you know, uh, you know spots above. Um, He's at, he's at, Actually, no, he's lower at uh, tight end 32, so could be some value. Not a guy I was going to yeah. bring up because I'm not convinced they're not going to use Jimmy Graham. Um, but here, yeah. here's a name I think. I, I think I know where you're going to stand, but I want to hear the argument. Kyle Pitts, tight end four right now. I Initially, all offseason, I've said he's being severely overdrafted. Where he's going in the draft... It's too early for me. Could he finish as tight end four? Absolutely, because I'm not a fan of Andrews and Hawkinson. I think Kyle Pitts could beat both of them, which would probably put him in that four range. 
So yeah, I'm fine with him being the tight end for. I'm not fine paying a fourth round pick for him. Here's the thing that I have started considering about Kyle Pitts. I've stopped thinking of him as a tight end, and I think of him as a wide receiver now. Um, so that's probably a smart thing to the do. Nugget there, he's going in the fourth round. It's too early for me. I the receivers that I would take there, like Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson. Right are going to be much more valuable. I'm going to throw a two-pack at you right now because they're going two spots of, um, away from each other. Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, Jonu at 16, Hunter Henry at pick eight, or Ted at 18. They're going one spot. Or they're going back-to-back essentially in drafts. I'm staying away from both for that reason. It's going to be Jonu one week, Henry, uh, Hunter Henry the next. You're going to be incredibly frustrated with it if you, if you take him there. Take a flyer on somebody else who has the tight end position to themselves. Okay. Um, another guy who probably doesn't have the tight end position all to himself is last year's intriguing prospect in Blake Jarwin being tight end 22 right now. He's going after Jared Cook. I am good with Jarwin at 22. I don't see him being above 22, being the fourth option there after uh, CeeDee Lamb, Disc Sheep, Amari Cooper, and Zeke Elliott. Disc Sheep. Um, and I don't think Dalton Schultz gets nothing. So yeah, I think Jarwin is, is not somebody I'm super excited about, but he will have a few good weeks. Yeah. I'm fine with him at that ADP at 22 though. You can't go wrong being tied to pro- one of the potential number one offenses in the league, as is the case with this guy. Um, Rob Gronkowski at tight end 12. He's being drafted at about the 113 right now. I'm good with Gronk there. Uh, with he and Brady, it's something that you've, you learn over time is to just not doubt them. They are special, special talents. Gronk is arguably the greatest tight end of all time in that top two or three all-time range. So, yeah, why, why bet against him? I think he can definitely be uh, tight end 12 for sure. You think he's better than, than Kelsey all-time, huh? When it's all said and done, because Kelsey's going to have a few more years, he'll probably pass Gronk. But I think right at this moment, sure. probably Gronk. Okay, hey. Remains to be seen. I'll, I'll, I'll be interested in, in seeing what that happens or how that plays out. Um, this guy's going to feel really gross because I, to this day, have no idea how to feel about Evan Ingram at tight end 15, but he's going at, oh, he's going at the pick 162. I think that's a fair ADP for him. I think tight end 15 is where he's going to finish, and I'm actually fine drafting Ingram, taking a shot on him, kind of like we do every year with this same guy hoping that he hits, but why not? At that point in your draft, you can, as a second tight end, maybe it's insurance, maybe you've got another guy you're not so sure about, like Irv Smith, and you want to just see which one works out for this year. So I'm fine with him at 15. Okay, interesting. Um, That offense was pretty ugly last year, so I don't necessarily want to tie myself to it, but again, the intrigue, the targets, the athleticism is there. Where did he finish last year? Um, Great question. Um, let me find out. Here, I'll, see I'll take quick. a look. Wide, or let's see, in half point. Tied in 18. Okay, so a little. Oh, that's standard. Um, 16 last year. So he's being drafted right around where he finished. Yeah, so I'm, I don't think their offense gets worse. With the return of Saquon and Kenny Galladay, I think they can only get a little bit better. So, yeah, I think 15, 16 is fine for Ingram. Okay. Zach Ertz at tight end 19. No, can't do it. I think he's 
going to have some weeks, but he's going to have a lot of those 30 to 40 yards, no touchdown weeks, and those absolutely kill you. I would stay away. Did not look good finishing as a tight end 32 last year. Ugh. I I always look for value, but at tight end 19, you're not really getting value. Like, he's going above, Jer- you know, the next guy I want to bring up, Gerald Everett. Um, I like Everett Everett's, better. Everett's going at tight end 23. Um you know, a couple of rounds later than Zach Ertz. Yeah. Uh, so you would prefer Everett over Ertz because, you know, the, the opportunity? Or, or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think Everett's a good tight end. We've seen flashes from him that he looks really good. And, yeah. and that offense that we expect to be another well-oiled machine, there's no reason to think that if he has any kind of decent role there, he's going to be a, a, a six to ten point a week guy. So... Hey, I'm I'm all for it, man. Uh, tight end again. You're kind of shooting, shooting your shot there with with any of these guys. A tight end probably you know gets you up in the top ten. So, um, not not a whole lot of um reward, but definitely some risk um to whatever tight end uh, like you said, Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. Who knows what you're getting each week? Let's move on to some wide receivers, man. Hit me with the names that you came up with because. This is obviously one of the positions where you get value throughout the draft, um, but you just kind of you have to know you have to know the value, you have to know which round you're picking in, and you again don't tilt if your guy gets picked. There's someone probably in a similar situation down the board that you could be happy with still. Um, I've got a good mix of guys that are elite, are not elite, but maybe once were okay, or you're hoping that they will, but they still haven't. So I'll start at the top. AJ Brown, wide receiver seven, yes or no? Wide receiver seven, yeah. Um, AJ Brown's not someone who's ever relied on volume, and he's also one of those guys that could also take a slant route to the house. Now you're having Julio Jones pull coverage away. AJ Brown, I like him just as much as I liked him last year. Um, I don't, I don't trust. Last year he finished as wide receiver eleven. Sure. Um. Again, that offense is... Go- you add Julio Jones, and you think that AJ could go up a couple a couple spots? He could because of how I good think he is. pulling coverage away in Julio Jones, even if he's not healthy 100% of the season, AJ Brown had Corey Davis taking coverage away. Yeah, true. Um, or, or not necessarily taking coverage away, but he was the next best receiver. That offense is going to be fine with him uh, on it. So I like AJ Brown at at uh, wide receiver eight going you know just before Keenan Allen, Terry, and all that. Okay. Mike Evans, wide receiver 11 right now. Last year's wide receiver 10. Mike Evans. Mike Evans is someone um, who, you know, obviously boom or bust. Um, always feels like, um, you know, you might need a big week from him and he doesn't perform that week, but he'll have a big week the next week. Um, as goes fantasy, I I prefer to get someone else um, at wide receiver or at, the, at that position. Do I think that he will probably outperform that? Probably, um, but I'm not. I'm gonna wait. I could, you know, get like we've talked about before. I'd rather take like an Antonio Brown and have more variance in my offense. The one question I asked about Mike Evans to myself was, "Is 13 touchdowns repeatable?" And for him, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I think so. Which sounds so, crazy. Like I think 11, 11 to 12 is probably where he will finish again. But yeah, you're gonna be disappointed in in many weeks. The argument that he has all these other wide receivers to take away red zone touchdowns. He, even in the games they played last year, he was still a red zone favorite. Um, and deep balls and jump balls have always been his forte. So, right. 
yeah, I, I would say I still – I'm probably not drafting him, but I don't think he's going to disappoint overall. Uh, it might be a bumpy ride, but, yeah, um, I think – But you're okay with him. You're okay with somebody drafting yeah, him at I, I would be okay with him. Next one, uh, Kenny Galladay currently going at wide receiver 25. Does he finish inside? Is he a wide receiver too, or is he outside of that? Oh, man. Um, I mean, it depends. Where are his hamstrings? Um, my heart. Well, no, we can't really say that. Let's say if he's healthy, where do you have him? If he's healthy, yeah. Um, I've got him. Uh, yeah, wide receiver 24 um, is right where I have him. Um, that Look, I, I, I like the offense with Daniel Jones and Saquon. Um, Daniel Jones throws a, a, an accurate deep ball. Kenny Galladay is a deep ball receiver. It seems like it would fit. And there could be more touchdowns. So Kenny Galladay feels okay being a back end wide receiver too. I don't feel confident. I need I need the value to fall for him to to feel better. Um, but if well, he's been falling into the eighth, eighth, ninth, tenth round. I think you're okay with him there. Ex- exactly. So right now, I'm I'm okay drafting him there. Um, but if you're have if you're drafting him at wide receiver twenty four, I'm not taking him. Okay. Um, there. So if he's at twenty, you know, twenty eight thirty. Sure. All right, I'm going to do something a little different with this one guy, just for fun. I'm going to give you uh, about five or six bullet points about this guy. You can guess who it is, and then you can say if you're good with him at his ADP. Okay. His quarterback once signed a six-year, $92 million deal. Okay. In 2015, this receiver was wide receiver 14. The next year, wide receiver 9. Next year, wide receiver 12. 2018, wide receiver 13. Last year, wide receiver 16. He's currently going at wide receiver 40. Oh, wide receiver 40 right now? Oh, goodness. Are you talking about Antonio Brown? Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. My Lord. Um, no. Uh, Five of the last six years, he's been wide receiver 16 or better. Look, I don't care. I, uh, you're, uh, <laughs> Did you know that Tyrod got a six-year $92 million deal from Buffalo? Oh, okay, yeah. That was pretty Holy yeah. cow. Well, because he brought him to the playoffs and then didn't get to play. That's insane. Um, look, he's still getting paid that. It's it's yeah. a six-year deal from 2016. Tyrod is technically a quarterback. That look, I'm still not. He does not suck. Um, he's not great. Uh, look, Brandon Cooks is great. Uh, but they're Tyrod Taylor targets. That offense is not going to feel good. Um, wide receiver 40 40 he's going around Corey Davis Will Fuller LaVisca Chenault Mike Williams even yeah I'm not taking him over any of those guys I push him down I need I need value so that's a hard pass where he's going hard pass hard no okay hard no Devontae Parker wide receiver 50 no I don't care where he's going I don't care where he's going (laughs) I no I don't want Devontae Parker He's going around. Mind you, this guy is a year removed from wide receiver seven overall. Absolutely. And a lot has changed. Um, <laughs> yes, it has. Uh, he's not, he does not separate well. Look, I want look, the guys he's going around. I'd rather have Russell Gage. I'd honestly rather take a shot on A.J. Green. Um, T.Y. Hilton's going around that time. Wow. Jacoby Myers is going after him. These are guys. I love Jacoby Myers. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, even. I would take these guys over Devontae Parker. I'm, I don't like Devontae Parker. He doesn't fit what they're I, – I just – I'm out. I'm out on Devontae Parker. 
I feel like he had that one redemption year, and everything else since then has just kind of plummeted. Yeah, it feels gross. All right, we're down to two players here left on this show. One of them is a very, very well-known veteran. Wide receiver 54. Last year, from week 10 on, he was wide receiver 14. Almost a wide receiver one on the back half of the year. He's now going at 54. At 54? Oh, goodness. It is T.Y. Hilton. Oh, all right. Uh, hmm. At fit- Are you staying away? You know, I don't hate him there because, again, Michael Pittman, yeah, younger, Paris Campbell. I love Paris Campbell. He's my, he's my late-round gem. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, again, did not look great last year. He was not separating well. But there is a world where he, he performs well this year. He's 32 years old. Um, he may not be a deep threat, but I still think he still has a technical prowess to be the between the 20s, you know, the volume guy still. I still think he can get open. Um, and with a better, if he can give you six or seven catches for 80 yards, sure, that's very valuable on bye but weeks. At 56, you're talking, you know, you're taking a shot at a guy who has been a wide receiver one before. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, uh, sign me up, I guess. At 54, yeah, I'm okay with it. All right, this is the final player of episode 11. It's the final. He is going at wide receiver 47. His rookie year, he was wide receiver 46. He climbed up to wide receiver 34 last year. Hollywood Brown, are you okay with him before T.Y. Hilton? No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You're Look, staying it, away from Hollywood a, at the price. Marquise Brown is a hard sell for, some, for playing on a team with a proficient quarterback. Lamar Jackson is not a proficient quarterback. He's, he is a proficient runner. And there, Look, if you have time, go and look at Lamar Jackson's splits when he's trailing and when, he's, when they're winning. If Marquise Brown Great is point. playing for them and they're winning, absolutely. I don't know before any week if they're going to be winning or not. Um, yeah. You know, on weeks that they're playing the Bengals, absolutely. Marquise Brown's a flex player, and I could toss him in, you know, when I need a filler or I need some upside. But most of the time, look, if they're trailing it, like, I can't trust Lamar Jackson to be accurate. So, no. Uh, with Yeah, for me, it's with additions of Sammy Watkins and – Rashad Bateman. Sure. There's just no way if I'm drafting healthy, Hollywood at yeah, 47. I mean, Bateman's not going to play for a little bit, but yeah, Marquise Brown. We've he's already shown that he can't be the number one on that team. He's more of just, he's like a Deshaun Jackson type of you know Henry Ruggs fly down the field. Lamar Jackson isn't the quarterback to facilitate that kind of wide receiver, so I am out. Episode 11. You've been good to me. I love it, man. Double Unos. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Losing Sucks.